They left the generator on again. It was so quiet all last week. It was beautiful. And then yesterday, today, I don't know what it is, they left the generator on. Thursday, February 10th, 2022. I'm Steven Sersky. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for finding uh, this here daily audio blah, 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 as I have started calling it. I was at this uh, comedy event last night interviewing uh, one of the comedians there, Donnie Fan. I've mentioned him before, and uh, got to talking to a few other people yesterday. It was kind of a, kind of a mixture of uh, people, uh, not just, there were, there were a few more English teachers, but not all, not everybody. And uh, I forgive me if I can't remember. I met one girl who works at NetEase, and then there was another. Uh, I can't remember where she worked, but there's actually a couple of diplomats there. Like not, not. Uh, I'm guessing they're not high, high-ranking diplomats, but I mean they work for embassies. So it was kind of neat to uh, talk to some people uh, who are outside of the ESL industry. And I think I mention that every single time I meet people. <laughs> who aren't in the ESL industry, I'm like, yeah, so cool to talk to you, to, to normal people, you know, there's, there aren't as many uh, expats, and uh, this is actually something that we were talking about yesterday, uh, me and Donnie, Donnie and I, uh, that um, the pool has um, shrunk considerably over the last couple of years due to the pandemic, uh, but the people who are left behind are the ones who are going out and sort of doing things. So, um, I wonder if it's, there's any number of combinations. I mean, people like me who I had nowhere else to go, it just didn't make sense to go back to Canada at that time, uh, when this whole thing kicked off. So something like that, you kind of go, well, I don't know, uh, I know the people who did stay here, it was kind of almost luck of the draw, to tell you the truth. But in terms of who left because they were here and they were like, you know what, I'm, I'm done. Um, there is sort of a vetting process uh, in that any sort of trip overseas, if you're going to go work or study anywhere, uh, life, it, it sounds glamorous, but there's a certain... Uh, amount of fortitude that you have to have, uh, and I'm not trying to boast here, I, but uh, this the, the idea of this luxurious living overseas, uh, or even like the happy-go-lucky life of a you know an English teacher overseas, it's not always as easy as it seems. Um, the, the language barrier is real, and it can get very frustrating. Uh, it's okay when things are going well and you have money and the power's on and maybe even hot water or something. But when you don't have one of those things and all of a sudden you got to figure out how to fix that issue, I mean, it, it just drives you insane. Borderline insanity, I tell you. I guess over time, I mean, this is, uh, you sort of figure out your, your comfortable little rut your comfortable little niche overseas that I mean as much as you've gone outside your comfort zone from your homeland you're developing a new sort of comfort overseas as well uh, and it's it's a little bit different mentality you are a lot more 
I, I, I find for me, it's become a lot more, I'm just oblivious to some things that uh, people are going on. It's like, I, I don't know. It, it, I almost want to equate it to like living in a big city, because I do live in a big city, where you just see so much stuff and you're going, yeah, all right, uh, but uh, I got to go catch a bus or a cab or something. I got, I have other things to do, which, you know, I guess in some circumstances could see could be seen as being very, uh, what would you say, um, hard-hearted. But at the same time, you're going, there's so much going on. Who knows why something is happening over there? I mean, did someone die? Hopefully not. I mean, can someone call the cops? Or the cops right there? I mean, there's any number of these situations where it, you just don't, you, you become numb to some of the bizarre things that if you first show up and this it goes for reverse culture shock too you go back and you know people who are living in your hometown are like oh yeah that's you know that's let's pick a name dave oh there's dave over there uh or there you know that's that's just oh that's just him you know sorry dave i don't mean to offend any daves out there but uh something that where your hometown your fellow hometowners they're used to it, and you come home, and you're like, I never noticed that before. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's always been like that. You know, it's, it's been going on. So there is a vetting process. Uh, there, that culture shock is real, uh, and it takes a good couple months. Uh, six, seven months is when you sort of end your honeymoon period. Uh, then you get into that sort of period of um, negotiating with your your new host culture, Um and then after that, yeah, you, you sort of develop a bit more of a, a comfort within being uncomfortable a lot of the times. And learning the language helps a lot. It really does. If you're able to communicate with uh, the people around you in their language uh, and without using assisted devices like electronic dictionaries, it makes life a whole lot easier. But, I mean, that's a whole new commitment. I mean, it, it really is especially for a language like Chinese. I mean, it's it's one thing if you're, I'd say English is easily accessible. I mean, there's so many, so much material out there. Um, it's, it's almost impossible not to, at some point, pick up a book and just start trying to read English. Whereas you wouldn't do that with like a book of Arabic, Chinese, maybe Japanese, because manga, I mean, they, manga made um, sort of reading Japanese very popular. Would you do it for Russian? I don't. I guess you could. Uh, you don't hear people really talking about it. They they read the Russian classics in English, but I'm not sure if they ever you know just picked up the Russian book and go. I'd like to know what this means. Um, so things like that. But I mean, Spanish would be a little bit easier. French would be a little bit easier, relatively speaking, of course. And I've, when I say easy and difficult, I mean it's not just um, like my own interpretation. There is actually a scale that the uh, as the Department of Defense, Department of the Institute of Languages, the Foreign Language Institute of the United States um, government, uh, they've ranked all of these languages. Like, a, if you're a, a native English speaker, how hard is it or how easy is it for you to um, acquire another language? And Chinese, Mandarin Chinese, Cantonese, Japanese, Russian, Arabic. Uh, are all like what they consider to be, I think it's level six or level five. They're, they're sort of the uppermost um, uh, languages to, to uh, acquire. 
Koreans just below that, I think, because Korean does have the alphabet that, or their own alphabet that makes things very easy. Um, and then like Ukrainians is in there as well because of its uh, declensions and all those sorts of things. And then it goes down easier. And one of the easier languages, like level two, level three, uh, would be like Spanish, French, Portuguese, things like that. So um, there is an actual sort of table that, and they give you sort of an estimation how many weeks you should you would need if you were following the, the uh, foreign services institutes sort of uh, recommended scheduling uh, their their own because I think they have their own language learning resources too I'm not sure um, but if you follow that it's like Chinese is something like oh it's like a couple hundred weeks <laughs> that you need to have uh, basic fluency or something and you just go oh my goodness i'm coming up to six years seven years eight years and oh my goodness i stumble so much in the language it's almost embarrassing it is embarrassing to, to tell you the truth but you know what working on it working on it it's it's a work in progress and you know trying to also work and study russian all the russians more like a, a side gig to tell you the truth uh it's i actually find it a little bit more relaxing to study russian despite all the um hubbub of the uh <laughs> the president of, of of russia uh but whatever i mean yeah it's that that problem's not going to get solved anytime soon either uh so i I've, i actually still think that russian is a decent language to learn there are a lot of expats or a lot of um, Russia plays an integral role in a lot of science and technology and even cultural elements as well. So it's, it's not, it's not a language that, you know, if you, if you, if you learn language, you, if you learn Russian, you can still find something else to use it for other than understanding what the Russian armed forces are doing on the border of Ukraine, right? I mean, there are other uses to the language. And I, I do wonder actually, um, a lot of times with the pursuit of studying languages, how much of it is, and speaking of these these people who have left the country, how much you have to have an interest in that culture. And it doesn't have to be like a, a sort of an immediate interest. It could just be an interest in making a goal of living in this place. For me with the, the Chinese studies... It's because I don't want to have lived here for so long and, you know, leave and not know the language. But now it's become one of the reasons I'm staying for so long is to learn the language, which it's like this land, it's a full-time job. It just takes up my entire life. <laughs> uh, but that being the case, when I start reading things, it's a lot, it's neat. I mean, I get the same sort of experience as I did when I was in my earlier years when I was able to read passages and actually understand them and go that that word translate as that, and these two go together, and this means this whole chunk means that, and you can paraphrase it very easily. Um, so it is, it's getting there. It's it's interesting, and that when you're able to do that as an expat overseas, it, it just opens up your your world uh, substantially. I mean, learn as much as you can before you go, but if you can't learn the language, I wouldn't ha I wouldn't use that as a reason not to go somewhere. I think we are ending, we're, we're getting close to this ending of the, the pandemic, the, the virus. 
pandemic and everything, I highly suspect that by the end of the year, uh, travel is going to be huge. And with with that, oil stocks actually uh, seem to be uh, the, the next big play. And I, I say that not as a recommendation at all. No, 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 no. Uh, I follow a couple of um, people on Twitter and it's all energy, 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 oil, Canadian oil stocks, energy stocks, any of those ones. Um, huge, huge potential apparently. So something to look forward to. Looks uh, If you uh, have some dollars, some change around in your pocket, you might want to put it to work. All that being said, Stephen... Why don't you record these things earlier so you can post them earlier? I was thinking about this because uh, I had to redo yesterday's uh, episode. I wasn't happy with it. I was like, yeah, I'm going to redo this. And honestly, I'd much rather have a bit more quality to it than uh, uh, just something that I'm not happy with. That's something that's going to bother me. And so I'd rather just have these things, get it done a little bit better. That being the case, I am very much of the uh, whole mindset of like publish it. It shouldn't be perfect. It doesn't have to be perfect. It just can't be something that you're cringing at going, you, pro- you published that? You printed that? If I'm kind of put off by it, then I'm sure other people would be too as well. So anyway, why don't I record these uh, podcasts a little bit earlier? Well, I was thinking about this, um, and the whole sort of, uh, the main reason for it is because when I get off of work, I used to be able to do two or three things at work uh, uh, at the same time. So a full-time job, and then I used to be able to practice my Chinese, and then, you know, very often do some, you know, talk to some other people uh, or whatever, or, you know, try out a a meal or something, whatever, like another location or something like that, right? So I have something for lunch that would be an event, an event of my day, right? <laughs> uh, but nowadays, I'm, I'm, I'm with this transition to computer-based working, we don't have the same sort of flexibility of um, doing other things during the day. So when I come home, it's like if I've stopped studying Chinese during the day because it's just impossible to work in. Uh, it, there's no way I can get it done, at least not my current setup. Um, but if I get home at six o'clock and I record at six o'clock, well, all I've done is my job. Like, and I don't know how much fun it would be to listen to me talk about my job at all, to tell you the truth. So, I mean, there's not much, uh, to say as like work was work. I mean, how, how much would you love to talk about your job? Like not, not your podcast job, your job that you do every day. I mean, is that something that you really want to to go on about uh, at six o'clock? So what happens is I, I come home, I get some other things done, and that's when sort of like the creative sparks are flying at that point, even if it means like I'm just sitting down to read a book or whatever. I mean, that's where I, you get that sort of precious one or two hours of your time to get things done. And that's why this happens. This podcast gets recorded so late is because I, I want to finish those so I actually have something to sort of think about, think through, and talk about on this here daily audio, blah, blah, blah. That being the case, uh, coming up, uh, looks like things are going to be pretty quiet uh, over the next, uh, at least the next week or so, which is great because I'll be able to get some of these um, these 
HSK chapters done. If I can get another, if I can finish, nah, I'm not even going to say it. I want to finish the first book by the end of next week. Not going to happen. That book is intense. <laughs> it's a very close reading that you got to have. Just not going to happen. I will be able to, I'm going to try to start uh, piecing together some more of these automator automation programs. Uh, I think this is really neat. I think it's something that I can use, uh, and it's probably a lot easier to use than trying to piece together Python and things like that. I'm, I'm still looking at this 100 Days of Python pledge, and I'm looking at going, I didn't really do 100. I mean, I, I came close. I mean, I did a pretty good number of it, three, four months of uh, looking at Python and studying it a few, an hour or two every day. Um, but it's like, I don't need to know the whole language that way. I just, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm getting lost on why I'm trying to learn a whole computer language when I don't need to learn a whole computer language. If anything, I'd like to know just, I mean, you go to GitHub and copy paste all of people's codes and just modify it for your own use, your, your own use, right? Automator is sort of like a, I almost said that is a dumbed down version of programming. Uh, it's drag and drop sort of blocks that you can pop into together. I'm not sure if PCs have the same thing. I, I'm sure there's a program for it, uh, but goodness if I know, I haven't. I don't use PCs very often. So with the next week coming up, I should be able to um, get a few things done. I'm I'm really curious. There's got to be a way to automate this uh, whole podcasting, wherein I send a link, it gets picked up by. Um, my little robot, and and you know, mel- merge together with uh, the HTML text, text, and then submitted to my website. There's got to be a way to do it. Of all things, I mentioned, I, I just said there, a little robot. One of the other reasons that I was looking at do, learning a little bit more of this automation stuff is like, I, I don't know, how long do you think it's going to be before we have one of those like little R2-D2s, you know, that sort of thing. And looking at the little mascot that Apple has for the automator program, it's a little robot, it's a cute little robot. Does it have legs? I don't think it has legs. Let me check. Where's Auto? Yes, it does have legs. The only reason I ask if it has legs is because, you know, um, the, 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 the new Star Wars, the, the orbs, they don't have legs. They just kind of float, but R2-D2 and like all those guys, they have legs. All that is to say is that they're little walking robots. Might be kind of neat. And I know that, uh, was it the, the the Pi, the Raspberry Pi programming boards? You can get those, and those are programmable, where you can actually make little robots to, that do do things for you. But, the I mean, the code isn't there. The hardware isn't there just yet. It's going to be clunky. Uh, it's going to be very difficult and uh, unwieldy at the moment but that's where it's going that's where it's going it's kind of neat to sort of see it in its uh uh early stages and if anything you know heck if you don't want to be an english teacher anymore there's one field that i think that um people might want to look into is uh, getting into not necessarily computer science but automation learning how automation works how to supervise automation how to uh what do you call it check automation workflows to make things or make sure that things are working properly uh, and being executed in a right way. It's an idea and China is going full ahead with this. They have to because they have an aging population but I kind of wonder like even cities like Beijing 
I mean, who wants to go wash windows anymore? Why isn't there a robot that does it? Where is the flying car, by the way? Wasn't that a documentary a couple years ago? All right, folks, I'm going to leave it there. You can think about it. You can think about, why am I not in computer science? Why am I not learning about automation myself? Maybe I should. You can Lots of information out there. Machine learning. doesn't have to be machine learning or data, deep learning or big data. What are some of the things that you could automate in your own workflow? Think it's possible? Might be. Thanks for listening, folks. I'll leave it there. Show notes and tracks up on my website, stephensersky.com. <laughs> stephensersky.com. Very close there, wasn't it? Hope you guys have a great week. Have a great Thursday. And we will talk again. Have a good one. Bye-bye.